Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And it's snowy, it's cold, and we are not on video today. No, and it's foggy. She neglected to say foggy. It's really beautiful, actually. It's been it's been weird because it's been foggy all day but sunny. And when it yeah. does that, it's a, really, it's a beautiful effect. You get the impression that there are not clouds in the sky. There are clouds on the ground. So it's like you can see that there's brightness happening in the sky, but... Right. You can't see it, but it's interesting. But you're confident. You're confident. But you know, that like it's sometimes there. the clouds mm-hmm. are up there like a huge muffly blanket. Like <laughs> there's nothing, there's no brightness coming from I above. love it when it's like that and you fly somewhere. So when you yeah. pop out above the clouds and all of a sudden the sun is just like streaming into the mm-hmm. plane. I love well, that. I, I love that realization that the actual world is not sunless. Yeah. It's just our wormhole. There's a lot of spiritual lessons in there. There is, because it's like, no, God is actually in charge. Mm-hmm. And There's a reason that the sun shining through the clouds is a metaphor that's been used <laughs> well, and it's, on and on and, and on. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, that, that oh, I like how I'm, I was about to quote a Bible verse, but then I'm realizing it doesn't actually talk about the weather. <laughs> it was the weeping endures for a night, but joy comes yeah. in the morning. But... I guess I always thought of it as being, you know, the sun comes up. Like, the, sure. the it's, yeah. it parallels. Well, I like some days when it's snowy and everything, the sky is gray. Like, it's very gray. Today, it's white. And it's yeah. really, it's like you can't tell where the roof ends and the sky begins because it's just white. And the hills, everything, yeah. it's all, that's fun. Yeah. So, what have you been about? Uh, I'm painting my living room. You should come see it. Triumphant, a triumphant green. It's not green. Blue? Mm, it's not blue. It's... What are you going to call that thing? That is a valid question. Actually, is... this reminds me. I have to retrace my steps. Last night, I was taking Shad to his basketball game. He's like six. And, well, he actually is six. He's not like six. He is six. And we came not out... Not a metaphorical we, six No, I didn't mean loosely. He is. <laughs> we came out from the basketball game, and there's snow on the car. And so I'm scraping the car, and this woman next to me is like, don't you just hate it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's this gorgeous evening where the yeah. snow is like glitter. And I think we can all acknowledge that it's daffodil time. Like we're getting, this is what yeah. makes the daffodils all that though. Mm-hmm. This is the mm-hmm. time. And anyways, I said to her, I said, yeah, but just think, just think it could be brown. Like it's so beautiful. <laughs> and then I got in the car and Shad was like, or skin color. <laughs> Yes, you have thought of the worst of all possible colors for snow. Uh-huh. If it was just a nice skin tone, how yuck that would it be. It actually doesn't matter what color of skin, it would be real bad. No, any of it. It's it's just, or, well, actually anything but white would be really... Oppressive. Yeah, sand color, not nice. And then Shad and I had an edifying discussion about what if it didn't melt? What if it was just like pea gravel that came down and then you really had to shovel it and deal with it somehow? Yeah, like uh-huh. you got pea gravel. Well, in. this is on the hypothetical weather scenarios. This is what we were talking about yesterday is it was really kind of God when he put these enormous reservoirs of water floating around up in the sky 
to have them come down gently because imagine if, if it came down like a bloosh. Isn't like, that kind of what monsoon season well, is? Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, remember the ice bucket challenge of a few oh, years ago? Yeah. Where What if a lake just smacked down out of the sky? You didn't and know it was coming, you, but it would, there you went. It would murder well, us then all. We'd, we'd have to live in, like, <laughs> concrete tanks just in case, in case <laughs> or the underground. weather happened. Because the thing is, is, like, it's like... A lake up there, and if it just suddenly dropped, but with such an elegant delivery sheet. system, because think how think how much it would smack your house flat down. I mean, it mm-hmm. would it would not. Water is heavy. I just read um, Virgil Wander by Leif Anger, okay. author of my favorite book. You've never read, uh huh. Yeah. At this point, it's a point I of have pride. Now, I have now read two of his. Well, I think he's only written three books. Peace like a river is a is just a magnificent book. So Brave Young and Handsome is is still the writing is just as good, but the plot okay. is a lot less satisfying and okay. that's the same with this one. The plot is not the writing is still remarkable. Okay. But this one dabbled a little more in the weirds that Marilyn Robinson gets into. Oh, sure. Have you read her? You haven't read her either, probably mm, have you? No. No. Marilyn gets me down. That's what she does. There's <laughs> there's some good things in her. Like she, there's some remarkable insights and great yeah. writing and yeah, interesting. But the one that really got me out of favor with her was uh, homekeeping. Is that what is that the right housekeeping? Home, I don't know. Whichever one. It's the one where she sort of reveals she has a fascination. It seems like with the vagrant life. But the thing that got me down about that one is that she's is set in like Sandpoint area on Lake Ponderay, which is near us, and it is a beautiful lake. Lake Ponderay is gorgeous in the area. But the way she describes it all is so like dank and deathy and drawing people away into homelessness and oh. dead fish. It's sort of I it's thought, like way Marilyn, to focus on what the... what world are you living in? That is not <laughs> like Lake we, Pondre. <laughs> we live in North Idaho too, and it basically is. I'd stunning. like to call your bluff. That was, well, she wasn't saying it wasn't pretty, but it was weird. It was like mm-hmm. if you wrote the whole thing about the the view of Idaho from under the dock. <laughs> Guys, guys, I just caught, oh my word, I just caught wind of myself in the rear view mirror. I can't see my face, I can only see the tip of my head. It's because you just painted your living room, and there's a paint swatch in her hair, right on on her scalp. Suddenly I was like, wait, what is that thing on my head? And it's a clunk of paint, like, entwined in my hair. And I have. But now I know, and good news, now I've got a good read on the color. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... Stuck to my scalp. Great. That's, <laughs> this is like, a, we could do a series on things Becca found in what her she, hair. <laughs> After home improvement stuff. I have washed uh, it since then. It's, it's better like, than a fly. It's Can we all just to agree? Scalp. Yeah. Better. Anyway, it's good yeah. to know I've been having that on my head for two days. Right in the front, too. Like, right. Yeah. Anyway. Now we've covered that. We've done that. All right, guys. So my so, husband is on his way home from a trip. Nothing makes you think that parenting is a two-person job like having your husband go on a trip. My husband is also on a trip, and so, of course, I got a flat tire and water in the basement. Like, Mm. as soon as he left town. Why is it so horrifyingly hot in your car? (laughs) I'm just getting cozy now. Do you hear that? I'm sorry. I'm rolling my window down. It's Rachel taking action. The thermometer says 69 and 76, but it has got to be like 104 in here. It's so hot. See, now I'm cold. Oh, my word. All right. 
We got a little anyway, fresh air. A little fresh air for Rachel. So, I had a question that I thought we should talk about. A question. Are you changing the subject from what we said we were going to talk about? Because we went actually went so far as to no, no, I was, say I was telling we were our talking listeners. about something. I was telling oh, our okay. listeners back. You didn't need to, like, <laughs> show my hand. <laughs> I'm like, are you or are you not oh, forgetting what we okay. just said? No, I got a question from someone that I initially... I, it, I just think it bears more discussion. I think it's an interesting topic, and I think it's a good one. So, uh, the question was, how do you... I think it was surrounding the publicity and things that I've been doing because of YooHoo. So, but also the podcast. And put anywhere where you're really putting yourself out publicly in such a way that people are free to criticize you oh, yeah. publicly. How do you deal with the criticism? Yeah. And that was the question. Which, how do you deal with the criticism or how do you work through dealing well, see, with criticism? I, yeah, that's a good question. And I think that that isn't what I thought we were going to talk about. That's all right. That's I think right. I Let's realized, it. yeah, it is what I said. I, here's what I realized in answering it. I realized that I actually have a lot of theology surrounding this subject that yeah. I you don't usually express but that we grew up but, learning it we've learned it over, yeah you know but and, I would also say too this is not a subject on which the Bible is silent no there is if you just take a peruse through both the Old Testament mm-hmm. and the new there are a lot of people who are either showing you how to deal with you know Hostility about their mm-hmm. prophetic, you know, office. Think of Elijah, or it's right. specific. Like this is Paul telling you what to do, or Jesus telling you what to do when people don't like what you're doing. Right. So I would say the first thing to do is that to not think that you're. I mean, honestly, when people criticize my speaking style or how I phrased something or... Or the fact that we interrupt each other too much. We do that. I don't... I would like to call on all of our listeners. Would someone please rebuke Becca sometime for her poor manners on the podcast? Because I think it's always me. (laughs) I was generously saying we. (laughs) I think it has come through. I think it has come through before as that you are interrupting each other. Mm-hmm. But I think we all know the truth. No, but the thing is is <laughs> I'll raise my hand. Who's the Rudy one? Mm-hmm. Probably me. Uh, but here's the thing. Um I actually I'm not I was, gonna interrupt you I was, now, but yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say here's the thing and then let Rachel finish my thought. Uh no I actually feel like I need to really fast rewind like a second to what I just said because I don't want anyone to think that I was insinuating that we have a prophetic office like Elijah. <laughs> so if oh, that would if, be, oh. if anyone took it that way, let me hasten to assure you that that is not how I meant it. I did not take it that okay. way, but I couldn't well, have taken you it that way. But so. I just yeah. somehow, you know, you replay the sentence a minute later and you're like, hang on. You were saying that there are samples let in us scripture be clear. where people have been through times of criticism. Of criticism. Yes. In Elijah's case, it was his prophetic office. Okay. Right. We got derailed because I was saying if people are criticizing my speaking style or my writing style or this wasn't very clear or that was... um, I feel like that's where you can learn from Well, every time I'm like, I 
Seri- it does not offend me. I genuinely often agree with people. Sure. I or would, you're like, I, oh, oh, right. Turns yeah. out I was a bit vague. I should be more clear next time. Or right. And sometimes or you don't you might agree. Differ with them, yeah. but you're just like, thanks for the feedback. Yeah. Somebody says like you didn't qualify your remarks, and sometimes you you think, oh, I did. Okay, I should I did. qualify more. Or right. no, I don't think you'd have been happy with any qualifications I, I offered. About, so I feel it's fine, fine about what I didn't do. Right. Yeah. So I think that there's. Um, there's that kind of criticism, and then there's uh, then there's just flat lying about you, and we have experienced that as well. So, number of di- or you know, growing up in a pastor's family, of course that happens, and um, sometimes people say things about you that are true, and then other times they just make stuff up, and I feel like we've had both, you know, in the course of our lives, and I think. Well, I think a number of people have experienced being lied about and it might be something. So let's say that like your kids are accused of doing something that you know that they didn't do, you know, bullying or just being whatever vengeful on the playground or something. And let's say that you, you do do diligence because of course, if, if something comes to you like that, you have to. You know, you Evaluate have to check it, it honestly, out. particularly if it's about your kids, because you know it might, they might be right. But let's say you are accused of bullying, or you're accused of being vengeful. I was say it'd be on easier. The it'd be easier to give it an example where you don't have to go get other witnesses and people involved. I guess. Involved. I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, okay. So let's make it first person. You're accused of. Well, what if someone being says bratty. you brought that dish to the potluck because you wanted to shame Patty Sue? And you're like, what? Okay. Or, no, I didn't. I was I mean, thinking more like, you just think you're better than everyone because, <laughs> or, you know, like whatever, or you're accused but of. But it's something where you have full intel on the falsity of and it. And you know that it's not the case. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and with your kid, I think I was thinking your kids, because we know how much you want to be like, that is not what they did or it's not oh, what I, would like I to did set the record straight or whatever maybe, yeah. it's sort of like i really need you to know that this is not true about me right and so if somebody's lying about you in any format it might be just they're lying about you to you through a series of huffy texts or it might be that they're lying about you to friends or maybe they're lying about you to the internet maybe they're lying about you by ferrying concerned prayer requests about yeah about you yeah there's all kinds of ways and I think I just think everyone knows what it's like to be accused of something that you didn't do and it might not be a criminal act it might just be like you're accused of an attitude that you knew you sure. didn't have or you're accused Got of it. having nefarious motives or accused of having kids that did x y or z or you know whatever yeah. it is and there's that instinct to have to set the record straight in every case right and and sometimes you can, you know, like if somebody isn't actually like they came to you and said, Hey, I, uh, I saw you shoplift that yesterday when I was behind you at the grocery store, then you could say, Oh my gosh, no, like I brought that in myself. And then they could say, Oh, I'm so relieved. You know, like sometimes, yeah, if they, act, yeah. sometimes they, they are there and they want to be reassured, but there's other times where it does, it's not going to matter because you not, can, you I can defend it, yourself till you're blue in the face and it's not going to matter because that's not what they're in it for. Yeah. That, that never was the question. It's not an earnest seeking of truth. It's something else. No. And if, and if you could successfully dissuade them from one accusation, they would just morph immediately into the next one. Right. And I think that that is 
kind of one of those cases where, you know, don't cast your pearls before swine, sort of a, like, there there are certain mobs that aren't interested in hearing Right, the or truth. that answer the fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. And then the second half, answer the fool, do not answer the fool according to his folly, lest you become like him yourself. And that's easy and to do. that, the moment where you're so offended by other people's internet fussing or other people's gossip on yeah. about playground deeds that you become the great gossip itself to handle it all or yeah. you get bickery or you let your heart be tangled up by it in such a way that now you are as malicious you are mm-hmm. as full of zeal for no godliness yeah now think it. about how many times don't do that That's what if I'm someone slaps you across the face on your instagram feed Turn the other cheek. Don't you wonder what should you slap back harder, which is what everyone's initial instinct is, is to slap back harder. And I would say though, it's an important, like there are things that social media makes more complicated or it feels more complicated. Um, because on social media, if someone gets outrageous, there's this whole problem of like, people feel really guilty unfriending someone. Oh, sure. Or, um, you know, like, I don't want to be the one to act like we can't have any fellowship just because they're... You know, like, I think sometimes Christian women are persuaded that they are the only escape hatch back into righteousness for people. Like, my friendship is the one tie that binds them still to the church or something. Instead Mm -hmm. of just saying, we're obviously not friends if you're following this kind of life. You know, and just wrapping it up and not letting it be... The new patina of your whole life is... I I do think the way some of these things start out... Well, who knows where some of these things start out. I think that they start in the heart of man. They do. And I think... uh, Where do... Where do... Wars Wars and and strife come? (laughs) You know, it's... It's uh, envy, often. Uh Uh-huh. You know... You what is it? Or hurt pride sometimes. You cannot. You what is it? You something and lust and cannot obtain. Is it you murder? No, uh, it's something else. It's not murder. Anyway, but um, but the thing is, so these things they they gather up a momentum, and I think what happens is you have you have the people out patrolling the internet with a fly swatter, trying to smack down any instances of things that they may find you know that joke that i can't come to bed someone's wrong on the internet but then you have then you have somebody who sees that behavior and sees how uncouth it is so they haul out their own fly swatter to go about and and fly swat all the people with the fly swatters and then in general it's just a big unseemly episode it's just not lovely but but a thing that i do want to say about that 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 I feel really strongly about is that a lot of times Christian women, this is something, <clears throat> there are some topics where when I start talking, I feel myself teetering on the edge of the, I'm about to pull out my huge dry erase board with all the yarn connecty dots and my conspiracy theory. This is okay, something I, right. it's not. Is this one of those times? This is one of those times I feel myself, I start to talk about it and I feel myself welling up inside because I want you all to feel this the way I feel this. Okay. <laughs> with that warning, here, here I comes go. the whiteboard. No, yeah, but, but this is the thing is that so many Christian women are intimidated by this 
problems that are kind of inherent in social media. And so we are, we, we see the ugliness or we see the problems or, or like that was so bad or I was tempted to envy or whatever. And so we retreat from the medium as though we couldn't just be Christian like as though we couldn't be there. And it was the whole discussion of the 500 years of since the Reformation that had me actually thinking about what would some of those great women of the faith who really just poured themselves uh-huh. out for the gospel, what would they think Facebook was an opportunity for? Sure. Would they be scared away easily or would they actually think that this is worth working for? You know, yeah. this is worth bearing with some of the too, junk. I think, sometimes there's a self-awareness that you need where it's like if your hand causes you to sin cut it off yes I agree with that but the thing that I the thing that I get excited about is I keep saying this in various places but women are naturally pretty gifted at things like someone shows their new purse on Instagram and everyone will be like it's so cute what a great choice love this this is you know like mm-hmm. they they have no problem with small encouragements right what if we were using those things to actively try to build the kingdom. Okay, I'll tell you what. Here's what. As soon as you have women, your seat heater's on, so you could always turn, turn that off. But that feels good. It's the air. Oh. I should shut these. Yeah, shut your vents. Um, the thing is, is um, as soon as you had women start to do that, like let's say that uh, a whole bunch of women actually started being righteous women on social media and doing it effectively, not about purses, but really it was a Doing huge driving each other for the gospel. To Christ, to the what, word. What would immediately yes. be the devil's choice? I know. Is let's shut guess. that down How? right now. How? With petty squabbles. Petty with ugly fusses. Squabbles. Like yeah. the, the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. And how many women... <laughs> Sometimes, let's just be real. Sometimes they're also big mangy foxes. Oh, my word. I have to Sometimes tell you Sometimes they're thing. not little. This is a parenthetical, <laughs> unrelated, but I thought of it just now. Uh, my son is doing a bunch of research for a history paper. So he was at the university library and um, the one who's in college, not the high school one. Anyway, he was looking through old newspaper articles because he needed period sources. And he found one that he... Uh, was using but down in the corner there was a little other you know story just a little small one and I think this was in it was a northwest paper so it was like in Seattle or say anyway he uh it was just a it was a just too poetic moment where an irritated skunk bit him on the arm right beneath his tattoo that said the word stinky What year was this? In the sixties. But Somebody, I was like, but who how do you had... get so close to a skunk that it bites you well, instead of spraying you? It, it bit him, and it was on the word "stinky." And I'm like, but what was your tattoo? <laughs> what was that for? Who has the word "stinky" tattooed upon themselves, and why did a skunk bite it? But, but anyway, I was speaking of mangy foxes. Yeah, yeah. It might also be might mangy, have been that. Might mangy, have been that. irritated skunks. But the point is that. <laughs> What would be the quickest way to get women who are actually doing the kingdom work of encouraging one another in the word, fighting uh, to uh, take really that kind of all of Christ for all of life Mm -hmm. approach? Like there is nothing outside the authority of Christ. That approach. How would the enemy, if you were the enemy, what would you do to try to cow you into not doing that anymore? Is Okay. Here's what it is. It is 
the battle in the Old Testament that I'm forgetting who was in charge. But when the Israelites went out in the morning and they had all killed each other in well, that's, the night. It was Jehoshaphat, wasn't it? Jehoshaphat well, leading see, it? You can, it's okay. We all know. Because if we... We don't all know because <sighs> we said... I think it was Jehoshaphat who... Here's the thing. You have a threatening <clears throat> army looming. It was the one where the choir went in the vanguard because they were obeying God. And he says, trust me. The, the God and says, they just, I will handle it. And they just pick up and the loot. And all the enemies got mad at each other and fought and killed one another. And, well, and, okay, no, I think it happened a couple times because I'm thinking of the one where they thought the enemy had come upon them and then it, it's not one where they just started infighting. That's the one where they picked up all the loot. I thought it was they all thought each other was the enemy and they had a panic and they turned on each other and killed each other. And I'm not, but I know that there was one where the obedience to God yeah. had the choir yeah. in the front because sure. they were just obeying God now, and then the enemy all fought the each thing. other. If you have a bunch of Christian women who are all doing their duty before the Lord, they are staying right with God. They are absolutely nailing it in their stations. That is a threatening group of people. Oh my word. Joyful, but threatening to the Scary. enemy. Scary. To the moon and back. And so All the, the time is, I see. If you, if you can like distract them and turn them on each other so that all of their effectiveness is spent in beating each other up and then tearing each other down. And then, and then it's like, and the field is ours because they've all taken themselves let's out. Let's worry, 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 bicker, bicker, bicker. And let's turn this into an ugly on the internet competition. Uh-huh. Because that's uh-huh. really a thrill uh-huh. for all of us involved. And exactly. And One it's thing- a perennial threat. And and I think that there is no doubt that that would play directly into the enemy's hands. So the way that that kind of thing can sideline effective work for the gospel, it's possible. But it is also, I just want to say, this is where I get a little passionate. It's also such an effective opportunity that it's well worth fighting for to not fall into that. It's so, well worth, like... This comes back to the to the criticism thing. How do you deal with it? There's a lot of biblical teaching on it. Now, one of the things is beware when all men speak well of you. If you have nothing but accolades from everyone, then probably you're not... It's probably God is the one not giving you any accolades. If you are out doing your job, it will draw hostility. It absolutely Mm -hmm. will. So that's one thing. Um, The other thing is not being too proud to hear... Legitimate criticism. Because nobody is above reproach. Nobody is sinless. So, of course, there are things that, you know, we I can think do better personally, at. I'll tell you what I think is the most effective uh, mindset, the most effective way to deal with all of this. And that is that when you do something public, no, I really just can't encourage you enough to be in prayer about it and to know completely that you have offered this to God and that you have given it to him and you are not, um, that if you know, if you're a hundred percent confident, like it's like, Lord, I did this for you. I'm wanting to be faithful. Use this as you can use this, like teach Mm -hmm. me through this. Uh, let me be part of some work that you're doing. All of those prayers, things that I have prayed over my book, all of those things. Then when you let the book go, there's a real confidence. Like I did what I could do unto God. I don't have any kind of idea that that was the best thing any human has ever done. I'm not delusional. We all know that that's not the case. And, and so there's a certain kind of confidence that's 
just not self-confidence. It's just confidence that you did what God expected of you then and you don't feel any concern about that. Yeah, and then let's say that you have somebody who gallops up and breathlessly tells everyone, don't buy her book. She's promoting morbid obesity or something like that. You know, I've just some random accusation and you can look at it and be like, you know, I'm not. I feel good about that. I feel good. (laughs) It's it's not what I was doing and... Whoever is saying that, they have their own agenda, and I'm just going to cheerfully move on, and I don't care. No, that doesn't matter. I would say, and then... I'd have to... I'm sorry. The rearview mirror is pointed in, and every time I look over there, it's me, and it scares me (laughs) to open it out. So, the thing that I would say about that also is that when it is things... When you've given it to God, and you know what you're giving to God and why you're giving it to Him, then some of the criticism is just... it. It does not bother me because there's things you can learn from. There's things, um, but you've given it to him. And so in a way it's very safe where it is. You're not. And, and other things like somebody like on the podcast, we know what we're hoping God will use is just an effort at friendly Christian fellowship that we can legitimately do in our own schedules with what we can do. And so if somebody writes us to say, we don't like how unprofessional your work is. Well, that's not offensive because yeah. it's like, well, it's all right. That's fine. It's sort of like <laughs> there's no obligation upon you to like how unprofessional our work no. is. And the thing is, is sometimes when people accuse you of things, you know, like let's say that they accuse you of a thing that you did, which is to be say, unseemly um, maybe you and said, angry. Maybe you said um no, too many times. No, I just times. mean like they wrote in and said you had been vicious and mean in your comments. And let's say you had been vicious and mean in your comments. Then you should say, you know what? You're right. Thank you for bringing that to me. I've repented to God. I will seek forgiveness elsewhere. Thank you. There's That's the mm-hmm. way to deal with it if it's a genuine... Uh, I, I just like to throw cop. out there that that knowing that that's how you'll deal with it if you did that kind of thing is a great deterrent. Much much like if your child knows that if they steal a pack of gum that they're going to have to go back and make restitution and apologize to everyone and repent. It is a much bigger deterrent from doing such things. Exactly. But, But let's say that you got accused of something that is just irrational. Which my favorite well, no, there, we have a number of good examples, but one of the times um, that I liked in my own personal I think I know moment, what I'm going to say because it was a... I got, it was a, I got accused online oh. by a woman who is a raging feminist and so forth. Like, hostile, hostile to me. And she, <laughs> she accused me publicly and called for me to publicly repent of being anti-Semitic. Which was epic. It was epic because just as a random factoid about us, we are partly Jewish, but since uh, the Jewish way is to trace it through the mother, we actually are considered, according to the Jewish reckoning, to be 100% Jewish. We could get Israeli Israeli citizenship. citizenship. So if we We didn't, but but, we could. But we could. And um, so... When I was accused of being anti-Semitic and I, and I was to called say, you to, to say publicly... Our, our sister-in-law is... Is... A hundred... Well, no, no. Half. Half Jewish. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, is I'm... I feel pretty solid <laughs> on <laughs> the fact that I'm not anti-Semitic. And I didn't have to do too much soul-searching 
no on need that to question. Wrestle. You yeah. know, it's sort of like, well, I you're feel wrong. good about you're it. Wrong. And, <laughs> and, and the fact that you think I'm anti-Semitic, well, I'm not. And, and <laughs> I don't care. Like, that's the thing. Is like, I'm not going to apologize. I'm I not going to... I didn't say anything that should have been nope, interpreted that I way. I didn't yeah. say anything that you should have thought I was anti-Semitic. I told a story about during the Holocaust, the... The oh, right, Jew right. who had had sort of been you used by the Nazis. You referenced yeah. a a Jew, uh, a historic admire. situation. Yeah, yeah. I referenced, and then I was called out as an anti-Semite. Anyway, like if somebody just is making stuff up about you, who cares? Who cares? It's like it's all right. Let them have and the punishment it, to be of honest, being themselves. If because... that's the best she can come up with. Wow. I feel pretty good. It's like, because... well, whatever blows your hair back. <laughs> you know, I had in, in random accusations that don't trouble the spirit. Mm-hmm. I had that um, conversation through the summer with some ladies who were really just really hustling to find my weak point, I mm. think. Sure. But in the course of that, the accusations were the most monumental incredible and fast moving like you <laughs> were I to be all of the things that they said I was it would be amazing but it was just whizzing around with things like um your husband doesn't even love you he just pretends because he's afraid of your dad this is <laughs> this is from people who are have never been into our town probably don't know my husband's name that's why they called him your husband also they, they don't, don't know even your dad. they don't yeah. know my dad they don't know my husband they don't know actually squat about any of it but they were wanting to make sure that i got the word that luke does not love me he's only here because of his fear for dad which is and i was like man this is a overpowering fear that has kept him with me for all 15 years yeah and no i mean it's just ridiculous he's afraid of dad i would think the safest course would be to run away and distance yourself not probably marry into the family but no and and so funny but also just so pointless and then as soon as I didn't care that they said that then they were off on what an evil mother I was and then when I didn't care that they said that they tried something else and it was it was like a non-stop barrage of ugly things to have someone say about you and I found out what that was I I I actually wondered about it for quite a while, but I'm, but I think it was just a straight up metal detecting for any bitterness in my life. Oh yeah. Because the moment if I had been like, well, I would like to distance myself from the, you know, whatever, yeah, whatever. whatever decision the elders made, or let me tell you that I they're, they're just, personally, my husband doesn't always make no, me feel They're loved. just knocking along the walls that searching was for that was hollow it. spots. But the moment, yeah. if I had shown any place where I was wobbling about on that, yeah. they would have been all over that thing. Like, because it, because half the time they're saying yeah. you're a wicked, evil mother. I can't even stomach thinking about what kind of a person you are. And then the next sentence, they'd be like, I know exactly how you feel. And I promise you, we are here for you when you're ready to admit how oppressed you're being. <laughs> and, and I know that that's what it is. They're trying to scare something out of you so that they can throw themselves all yeah. over it in a pandering, sympathetic, now you come under our wing and now, we will here's feed you more morsels of evil. I just have a, a thing here <laughs> is that we know that the devil is the father of lies and they are one of his most effective weapons. You know, weapon right. of choice for the devil is lies. Now, 
if you picture them as, you know, the fiery darts of the wicked one, it's like, what do you need is a shield to not let them hit you. Guess what shield it is. The way that you can test the shield. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, is that like, actually don't let those barbs go in. We have Mm -hmm. the armor of God for a reason. And there's a couple of, there's a couple of ways in the armor of God. The shield of faith, right? Yeah. And then the, what is the word? All of it. The armor of God is the armor of God is, is all necessary. Yeah. The darts can hit you any place. Now, uh, basically the thing is, is I feel like there's the initial, like one of the initial responses is to fire up in defense and anger at false accusation. That's one mm-hmm. thing to do. Like get angry, slap back harder, get angry, get even, get angry, get even. There's that. There's also the like, um, try, 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 try to make them see reason. Oh, and, and that's and plead and, and beg. That's and that's never going to work because no. they're not interested in and seeing reason. And you never reason. want a Christian should never be throwing themselves like, um, you know that it's not like a custom now, but that whole pleading for mercy, throwing yourself on your knees, like grabbing. You should never be doing that to liars or to lies. We no. do not beg. No, we do not like. Who is the father of lies? You don't go begging no. for mercy there. You go to your father, who and is then, the father of truth. You do mm-hmm. not get yourself no. all. So I was going to say, one is to like get mad, get even. One is to like think that if you could just explain it, then they would drop the charges, which is no, they'll just pick something else. If they're not interested, if they're not really in it for your good, they're not interested. And then the other thing is, um, you could think that by admitting your fault and apologizing that it will make it go away. Well, that's, I would and say that, that that's actually a different version of throwing yourself like, for mercy saying. from yeah. the father of uh-huh. lies. Because, and we see that happen, that we see that happen all the time in the yeah. Christian world where somebody yeah. just would rather apologize to whatever God of the day is being worshiped so, like, than, than stand up and refuse to apologize because it is... But let's say that when that lady had accused me, also in interesting tidbits, she wrote Ben a letter and told him he needed to call me to order, which was really funny given her particular take on life as a wild feminist. Right. Anyway. A feminist until she wants a man to take charge (laughs) of his wife. (laughs) But let's say that, let's say that I had Uh, let that really, really get to me and I'd been like, she thought I was a racist. She thought I was anti-Semitic. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And then I had abjectly apologized for any offense that my remarks might have caused to anyone who, you know, like that'd just be hideous. Like absolutely hideous because I knew that that wasn't true. Like I knew objectively that that wasn't true. So why would I lie to appease her? Like, because, because oftentimes it is a lie. Like now you've just defected to the other team and you've started lying now, you know, like that. Right. And I think that because of the nature, Oh, Oh, I meant to bring this up when we were going to talk about this. Um, Cause I think I I sent you that article that was amazing about the stuff that happened on the, with the Instagram uh, yarn dyers. And it is the most bizarre bully festival of just weird. It was like reading between between the lines to infer yeah. that someone is being a crazy racist um, because she said she was excited to be going to India 
Because she's always loved it. Because she's, she's always so loved it. And she's really wanted to go to India. And she's super excited about this opportunity. And and it was really about that level of... There was nothing. There was nothing. There was nothing no. in it to be in any way. So there's all these people that... Well, no, not at first. At first, everyone was like, so excited for you that you get to go to India. But then somebody came in and pointed out what a... Colonizing. It was right. colonizing. And something about having said that India was other... She's, that yeah, it was other other uh, you're otherizing. otherizing you're making it seem like India is not the same place <laughs> as where you live and um and <clears throat> at first she was not apologetic but then all the people who initially had been like so excited for you started apologizing for ever having supported her until this poor lady was like dwindling down into a knitting racist that she <laughs> never intended any you know like it, no. it was so clearly not what she meant and it was yeah. so uncharitable of people to be reading it that way no. and then she ends up you know begging for forgiveness and yep. apologizing and 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 it's sad it's a really sad story but the the thing that struck me about that was all these sorts of things we are all our our culture right now has gone wild you don't have to be a public figure to be vulnerable to this right now yep. like you don't have to be yep. everybody knows that the social media mob might come for you for no reason Mm-hmm. At any moment, if yep. you misstep at all, and you might so, be a high school girl with a prom dress that reminds someone of cultural appropriation. Yeah, you might just be somebody who never meant to do that, and then there that <laughs> happened. And and so one of the the thing that struck me was how much it's like the beginning of the silver chair, where they're at that school where the bullies are more interesting to the teacher yeah. than like where the where there are kids being bullied but it's the instructors are more fascinated by the bullies than mm-hmm. they are by the so when something hideous is happening it's the people inflicting it that everyone wants to nurture and yeah. understand more and yeah. do, you know I thought and, that's just an interesting And I thing. would just say that like don't <clears throat> don't be a part of the bully mob and you can be unwittingly just by taking sides in in internet fights when you actually really don't know like you don't know the people you don't know the situation right, so you don't know and you feel like you do because you've read a bunch of stuff but you why found online. did you why did you read why? that as a question why? i have have we not been called to do work yeah and and the thing is is like there are certain situations where you have to just know that you're never gonna hold, know the whole story yeah, and, and, and there's a real wisdom in that old proverb of not my circus, not my monkeys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I, and you're not part of the problem, and you're not part of the solution. Right. Why are you in the middle and of it? And if you're sharing a bunch of thoughts and observations and articles and passing things on, you have to know that you might actually be furthering slander. Or, you know, like you mm-hmm. think that you're standing for justice, and you might actually be just promoting slanderous things about people you know so i would just say be hesitant to join in especially to mob hysteria of any kind yeah and but i think that that's also like we're talking about this too is don't be a liar yourself like don't participate in that kind of thing where you can unwittingly become like a little pawn in the in the enemy's move of lying Mm -hmm. but i think too like there are a lot of I think, I think there's a lot of people who have a lot of lies on their conscience mm-hmm. that they should stop and get right. Because right. it can start super small with a little, like, what we always called in our house, quick lies. The, mm-hmm. you know, the quick, 
not quite true. No, when actually a good example of that would be when someone says something stupid. Okay. And like one of your kids says something stupid and everyone looks at them like, surely you knew. And then they're yeah. like, I know I was just kidding because exactly. they, because they realized yep. that they did something stupid for one of my, one of my kids. It's a family legend was the time. Daphne likes to tell the story. She okay. likes she likes this one, where she said suddenly in the kitchen, "What if you cooked an egg inside its shell?" <laughs> <laughs> and everyone stood there for a second, and it was like, "Do you mean a hard boiled egg?" <laughs> and she was. Like, <laughs> it was actually like a moment of pure invention in her mind, and she forgot that she actually knew about hard-boiled eggs and that that's been done. Right. Well, she didn't lie about it. It was just a funny joke. But I'm talking about that kind of moment where you actually really were having a mental lapse. Yeah. Where you shared your innovation that mm-hmm. what if, just follow me closely, what if you cooked an egg inside of its shell? And someone is like, oh my word, you forgot that that's already been done? And then you said... No, I didn't. I just thought it'd be funny if I said that. Yeah. That's the lie that was just to try to get to some cover. equilibrium in the yep. moment. Yep. But but that but it but was like, not accurate. Don't be a participant in the little lies. Like and, and and we talked about this on here before. The ones that say I just really have a headache right now or I really uh-huh. don't feel good right now. Who's your fact checker? Now the if, Lord. The <laughs> Lord is your fact checker. If you if you use lies as a quick defense mechanism and you feel like they they aren't real big lies they're just they're just little ones or they're for the good of the they're people just, or it's just like but just if lied I, a little bit for the if people I like had told the truth to my kids then I would have lost my moral authority on whatever I was trying to you know or whatever or right. you're trying to cover up something whatever it may be often the lie is the second the second criminal act like there's there's the first thing you did and then and then you lied right. about it which let's just say nothing makes it worse like telling a lie about it does <laughs> there is dad because, is fond of saying there is no counseling situation that you cannot make worse through sin <laughs> you know there is no like no and if end you, of the road that you couldn't make worse no and if you start excusing those little things um, in yourself, those little quick lies, then you're using instead of the shield of faith, it is faith, right? The shield of faith. I think so, yeah. Um, instead of using the shield of faith, you're using a shield of lies. Like you've actually you're you're using lies to protect yourself. I've always told our uh boys I've probably told our girls this, but I it sound it's much more of a boy metaphor, so that's mm-hmm. the one that I remember. Is that you know when whenever we're watching like a football game, the little boys are like, "Which color are we cheering for? Which side are we going for?" Mm-hmm. And I've always just said, when you tell a lie, even if your mom and dad don't know about it, you are putting on the jersey for the enemy. Yep. The devil is clothed in lies, and God hates lies, and you are to be on God's team. And when you slip into the uniform of the enemy, whoops, you're not on God's team when you're doing that. Right. And if you take lying actually seriously, this ties into what we were just saying. Like, you want to be so cautious in what you join in on in public discourse because you don't want to be accidentally furthering the devil's agenda 
by mm-hmm. leaping in and you know no you don't want to pitch voice. in because you can be tricked into lies you can right. be tricked and I think that this is why there's so much there's really so much to say about all of this but the thing that I want to encourage women to do is that if you have been affected by this kind of thing in some way and I'm assuming of course if you had something you need to put right go deal with that yeah but I what I really mean is if you've been affected by the like splatter spray of nasty lies it's like you're just standing on a sidewalk and a huge truck blows through yeah. some kind of evil deeds puddle and it sprays all over you and you're genuinely innocent yep that you didn't mean to be there but you just feel sick you can't believe that yeah. this is actually happening in that case like rejoice in the Lord turn away from that go do there's so many better things for you to be doing yeah we have the we have the good news of being able to go change our clothes and like yeah. get out of that change and just the clothes. because he got splashed by the truck doesn't mean now you need to get down in the puddle it's, it was not a calling search around in there to see what it might no, have in it it's that great missionary phrase the the need is not the call <laughs> that is the fact that you've identified a place where truth needs to be put yeah does not mean that you are called to get in there and handle mm-hmm. it all and do all of that. And no, and, and it's not, it's a very, very entangling kind of a tar baby place to be. And I know we've said this before, but when Paul tells women not to be false accusers, I think we should take it seriously that that it's might not be just a thing. Paul, it's one of the 10 commandments to not bear false testimony. Well, that's valid. But I mean, like, um, he specifically mentions women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To not be false accusers. And if that's the case, you should just take it seriously as like, what are the places... Where would I maybe falsely accuse someone? Well, in our world, where Mm -hmm. might there be women who are falsely accusing? And is it possible for me to get swept up in a quarrel that is not my own on the interwebs? Of course it is. And be furthering it. And this is where I want to say... Don't let that kind of thing keep you from the actual gospel work because this yeah. is what is there to distract us from the things that are valuable that you could be doing. Yeah. And don't lose sight of what the goal is. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Work on, like, I think there's so much good work to be done on social media. Well, you know, you've heard me a bunch of times talk about, like, the Bible reading challenge about this. How could we, what if we doubled down instead of reading smutty articles about things <laughs> or- that might have happened somewhere. No. Instead of that, what if we doubled down in encouraging one another in the word and yeah. and in prayer but, and praying for one another? Well, would that maybe be more kingdom building? But also, I will say, it if you're doing that, it will draw enemy fire. Yeah. And so um like let's say that you're like, okay, enough with this social media thing. I'm just going to reach out to my neighborhood and I'm going to double down and I'm going to be, you know, a mm-hmm. witness and I'm going to be doing my job as a Christian mother in this neighborhood. And let's say you start being like really effective. Okay. On your block. (laughs) Say you've got like a whole neighborhood revival going on. Yeah. Let's say you have a neighborhood revival on your block. And then suddenly out of nowhere, one of the neighbors starts lying about you and saying (laughs) things that aren't true. It will be, this is a fallen world. It will happen. And the thing that, that you should say when that happens is it's working. 
Like, yes, I'm, you should. And I'm being effective enough to be noticed and to be slandered, and that is actually a badge and of it, honor. It, it makes me laugh because when this kind of thing has, when it comes up, one of the things that I want to be really careful to do is just I thank the Lord for it. Like, and I know that whatever enemies we have, whatever people are industriously working against what we're doing, I know that they're not outside of the Lord's control. No. They're not sending trials to me. God has this in, you know, totally. this is not, this is all about how I serve the Lord. How, where do I get encouragement? What am I supposed to be doing here? And it, nothing to do with, and, and at the end of the day, if, if social media trolls, came and got me and imprisoned me and took everything <laughs> away, it would still be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it would still, because it, the reality is nothing can separate us from the love of the father. And there is no, I absolutely believe that, that no matter how bad things got, God is in charge and that he is in control and that we just want to seek to honor him yeah. and to do what we need to be doing and, and not leave our battle stations because we're afraid of no. things. And the thing is, is like, let's say your neighbor or your internet neighbor begins to start up a lie about you. Well, ask God to show you if you are in sin. And if you are not and you have a clean conscience before God, then then know that if it was good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for you to be lied about. Right? What about, what about Joseph? <laughs> Think of poor Joseph imprisoned for sex offenses <laughs> that he never committed. I mean, think of it. And not only that, first sold into slavery by his brothers for sins he did not do. Right? Like he was for not yep. sins, but they were offended at him, though he was not being sinful. Right. And they sold him into slavery. And then from then he gets accused of sex crimes <laughs> and thrown into jail. And then he's there for a long Which, time. Can we just have a moment to say... uh I bet Potiphar's wife had a nice, sympathetic group of, of friends who were all like, oh, I can't oh, believe, baby. I can't believe oh, he baby. would do that to you. Now, the thing is, Little is... Little perv. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, the, but the point, oh, my point yes. is just, think, if you don't believe that God is actually in charge of things, then there's a lot of reasons to despair. Right. But when you know that this is you just seeking to obey God, there's no reason to despair. You, no. There are times, yes, there are more particular trials, and there are times yep. that are, require more processing in your own obedience of how am I going to yeah. deal with this. But don't, uh, and actually I need to pull this up because this is such a pertinent Bible verse. It's Psalm 31. Um, that says, uh, 31:20. you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of man. You shall keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Gosh. Yeah. Isn't that on point? Yep. Don't this, be afraid. Like, I just think mind your own tongue and don't be afraid of others. Yeah, exactly. I like how we really carried the day on that. We have no yeah. time for tips. No, we gotta, we gotta wrap this thing up. And yeah, we do. Because we, yeah, because we're at the, because we had that first. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Because we messed it up and now we've spent all your time. So, did you have any? Do you um, have a tip? Quick tips, quick tips. Hot tip for Mm. the day. You go first, Beck. Gosh, that's hard. Okay, needlepoint. That's my tip. Whoa. Do a needlepoint. I say this because we probably all have a needlepoint from our 
grandmothers or great grandmothers somewhere. They last forever. Mm-hmm. They're very classic, kind of cool. I'm into needlepoint right now, yeah. but it is about in energy and mental effort. It's the same as a coloring sheet. It's like adult color. There's no. <laughs> it's like you just are doing a really repetitive thing. But at the end, you'd have an heirloom there you instead go. of just a coloring okay. sheet. Heirloom kits that takes very little mental thought. My mm-hmm. favorite, my place that I like to get them from, they're not cheap, uh, is Ermin Tapestries. And then there's another one that's called Glorophilia that I have gotten off of eBay that are really pretty. But Pearl Soho carries some that are more modern y ones. Like if you're feeling like Good Heavens Woman, you mentioned Needlepoint. That's what the grannies do. Let me tell you, it's also what I do. The grannies and me were the on the same. And me. The grannies and me, but there are more modern ones that are not. Um, like Ermin has some like calf facet. They have some more modern designers too in there. So, cool. all right, that's so my tip. Get into needlepoint, everyone. Mm-hmm. But at the end of your doodle festival, you'll have an heirloom, which is much cooler to have than a because you're not going to give your grandkids your the coloring, coloring book. sheet. No, yeah. No, you're not. Which reminds me of that meme well, that was so shouldn't. funny. Someone was like, Grandpa, how did Donald Trump get elected? <laughs> and, the, and how did that ever happen? Back in your time, it's like, I don't know, son, but it was the same year the adult coloring <laughs> books came out. Like, we were all pretty, pretty vacant. We were pretty distracted and not really tuned in. <laughs> we were doing the adult coloring books and we just lost lost track. All right, so did you have something? Uh, no. That's good. All right, good enough for us. Everyone, see you have next fun. time. Bye-bye. Bye. You think of yourself now and then in 4 years time, what do you want yourself to look like? And is the education that you're considering going to help you get to that place? When you're a student, you want to become like your teacher. You're going to become like your teacher. Looking at NSA beforehand, I knew I wanted to become like the men who are teaching here. Fireman, husband, father, doctor, no matter where you want to go, NSA is just such good preparation for the person that you want to be. If you want to be an effective Christian, you need to be able to lead and shape culture. If you want to do that, no matter what your occupation is, you need to shape yourself, um, prepare yourself as a person for that job. And liberal arts is, I think, the best education you can have for that. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu.